0: So, we're going to continue our All In series this morning, and I, and I titled this sermon, When Going All In Begins to Hurt a Little, and I thought it was very appropriate when I watched or was following along on Twitter the, the Texas OU game yesterday, that for all my Texas fans that it begins to hurt a little, and then I remembered that I'm a Texas Tech fan, and it hurts a lot, so I have no room to talk there, but then I woke up this morning, I confess, I went to bed, I didn't stay up late and watch the end of... The other game that has been mentioned this morning, and felt like maybe I should change my sermon to the dangers of belonging to a cult. Um, but that was not this Holy Spirit speaking. That was being an alumni of the largest Baptist university in Texas, Texas Tech, and um, uh, so yeah. So I, I say all that in, in in good fun and good humor, but I do want to recognize that. Um, our universities in Texas have, for the better part of two, two and a half decades, have had an amazing movement of Christ among them. Um, we've got college students that are surrendering their lives to, to, to God. We've got incredible ministries on those college campuses, um, devoted workers. Having done college ministry on the campus of OU for four years, I understand the sacrifice that it takes both um, family-wise uh, emotionally, sleep deprivation, um, and financially for those men and women to minister to those college students. And so I just want to take a moment and pray for them um, as they're in the middle of a semester, midterms are coming up, and and they're trying to help these kids navigate life without parents for the first time. And, 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 for the first time in, in, a, in, in many of the college students' lives, they have to choose to go to church rather than being forced to go to church, which adds a whole nother level to these college ministers and, and, and workers on the campuses in and, and trying to reach them. So I just wanna take a moment and pray for them uh, this morning. Father, we just thank you um, for the men and women that have given their lives and devoted their lives to reaching our college students, Lord. And as we've seen college ministry expand over the past couple of decades, uh, we just are so grateful that that not only are you moving among our college campuses where um, we see so much uh, so much of an attack on 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 faith and on Christianity uh, from our from from the educational system, there Lord, that we've got students that are rising up and saying, my faith is so much stronger and so much bigger than that. My God is bigger than anything that can be taught, and that we've got men and women that are that are pouring into their lives of these young people that they're discipling them. They are are teaching them what it means to follow God with everything we do, and, uh, uh, and I'm so grateful for that, and I just pray that you continue to ri- rise up a generation that wants to change the world um, for you, and, and just continue to do that, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. You know, I talk about college students, for one, because when I say all in, it's going to hurt a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about that negative thing that nobody ever wants the pastor to preach about this morning. We're talking about giving, and, and I remember learning something right off the bat when I started doing college ministry uh, that blew my mind because I was, I was talking with some people that, that, that had more knowledge about this stuff than me, and they said, do you know who the second highest giving group per ratio or capita is in a church today? The first highest is usually the, the, the 55 and up. Those that have, have been successful, they, 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 they've grown in their faith, they're mature, um, and, and they don't have the kids at home that are sucking their wallets dry, and they, they've felt the call on God's life to give that money back to the church. And so they, they, they give faithfully, and we thank you for that. But what blew my mind was that college students... Are the second highest per capita giving group of Christianity today. And I'm like, how can that be? Because they have no money. Because they are broker than broke, living off of ramen and mac and cheese. But when they do get money, they give. Because they've seen the things that God does in their life. And some of you might have been that way and then got out of college and life really hit you and you quit giving. And so... We're going to look at that today, and, and I know that it can make it uncomfortable. I know that it can make it um, uneasy, and and it's funny because every time uh, I preach or, or or even mention giving in passing, I hear all you ever do is preach on giving. And I'm like, when's the last time you were here? Because I this is like the second time since I've been here. But anyways, so. We're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to look at what the Bible says about, about giving and why we should give. But not just giving, but sacrificial giving. Because what we're studying here in the All In series is, is we want to become a people in our own lives and in the church that that know Jesus intimately and proclaim Jesus confidently. We know Jesus intimately we proclaim Jesus confidently. What does that have to do with giving? Well, when it comes to giving, when we know Jesus intimately... That changes our perspective on the stuff that we own, the stuff that we have, the stuff that we have for a long time considered ours, the closer we begin to know Jesus, the more we realize that's really not ours, that's not our stuff. And then the second part of that, how do we proclaim Jesus confidently through our giving? Well, I'm going to show you that this morning because scripture talks about how our giving is an unbelievable testimony to what God and Jesus is doing in our lives. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Second Corinthians chapter eight today. Second Corinthians chapter eight and nine. But we'll get there in a minute, but I want to look at a few things first. Um, because Jesus tells us when 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 going all in begins to hurt a little, and Jesus tells us in, in tells his disciples in Matthew sixteen twenty four, you've heard this verse many times throughout this series, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And we're really good at doing this in other areas of our lives, Lives, But when it comes to hitting your pocketbook, that's when it's like, I don't think I can do that yet. I'm not quite ready for that. So I want to start with the question of why should we give? Why should we give? Furthermore, not just why should we give, but why should we give sacrificially? Why should we give sacrificially? Well, the answer is very simple, and it's the very easiest Sunday school answer there is. Because God did. God gave to us and he gave to us sacrificially. So we have to ask the question, what gift has God given us? Well, he tells us in Ephesians, Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. God gives us this incredible gift of grace. That's the gift he gives, but he gives it sacrificially. Because the gift of grace requires a painful sacrifice by God. Look at John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The gospel in one sentence right there. For God so loved the world that he gave. God gives And God gives abundantly, but he gave in a very sacrificial way. He gave his son. So that in his son's death, burial and resurrection, we might have eternal life. He gave life so that we could receive life. And that was incredibly painful. In fact, you see on the cross, Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And many, many people believe that God actually turned his back because there was so much sin there. Giving is painful. Giving is painful. Can be painful. Giving also often doesn't make sense. Why would you give away what you just earned? And we need to change a perspective for quite a few of us because I've fallen in this trap before um, as I was learning more about giving. Giving is more than a tax deduction which is a nice thing to have but we've got to look at why we are giving and how we should give and what we should give. And so here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 God tells us through Paul writing a letter to the Corinthians he tells us how, where, and when we should give. First thing he tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, is he tells us that our giving, first and foremost, should be given to the church. First and foremost should be given to the church. Verse 1 says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. And when it talks about the grace of God, what this is saying is it's saying that someone... When someone experiences the grace that can only come from salvation through putting your faith in Jesus Christ that he died for our sins and rose again, when we put our faith in that, we receive the grace of God. And when we receive the grace of God and we realize that it is a gift, then we in turn give out of our hearts for that. We give something back in that. And so when Paul says here in verse chapter 1... Or verse 1, chapter 8, verse 1, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. He's saying this is a, a people have received this grace, so they are giving to the churches. Now I'm going to stop for a second, and I'm going to tell you, there's a lot, a lot of places that you can give your money to further the kingdom of God. And the majority of them are really good places. But scripture tells us in multiple places that the first fruits should be given back to God. And in the New Testament, that is through the local church. You give first to them your first fruits. And then in excess, you can give to others. Because God did not come and say, And have Jesus tell Peter, on this rock, I'm going to build every parachurch organization there is. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. Because I've been a part of them. I've given to them. I've worked with them. And I know that they have a great heart. But what Jesus says to Peter, right before he says, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. He says, on this rock, I am going to build my church. And so you're giving Your first fruits should go to the church. Because when you do that, it shows where your hearts lie. It shows where your hearts lie. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And if God created the local church to be the body, the fellowship of believers, to come together as part of the universal church to be the bride of Christ. And we can't give to the church, but we can give all over the other, everywhere else. Many of us give a lot of our money to things that are not faith-based, but they're a good charitable organization. Then we're having a hard time helping the church fulfill its mission that God has given them. And really what this is, is it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue because our giving should come from the heart. Look at verse verse 2. Paul writes here, he says, For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. That kind of sounds a little contradictory. For in a severe test of affliction... So they're going through a really hard time. But then they have an abundance of joy, which means things are good in their minds. But they live in extreme poverty. It has then overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Their hearts are in the right spot. And they realize, we don't have a whole lot. We're going through a really tough time here. But God has given us more than we could ever, ever pay back. So we're going to give generously. And it goes on in verse 3. It says, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify. Paul says, I know that they gave proportionately according to what they could do. It says, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify. Paul is being the witness here. And he says, and beyond their means of their own accord. So Paul's not checking off who's given what, and how much over what they should give, but he knows by being and doing life with them, he knows what they should be able to give, and he sees them doing that. He sees that their life is matching what God is asking them to do. But then he says they go over in abundance. Put that back up, please. They went over beyond their means, on their own accord. They're not, they're not following a, a, a mandate or anything. Just just out of their heart that they're giving on their own. Giving above and beyond on their own. And it says, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. So they gave their life... To Jesus first, to God first, and then they joined the local church. And accordingly we urged Titus that as he had started so that he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Now, will stop right there. Look at verse 7. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you. Live in the good Christian life. You're excelling at what it means to be a believer. Let this act of grace, let you excel in this as well. Give with the heart that matches everything else you're doing. When you go all in, you can't just go all in in faith. You can't just go all in in speech talking about Jesus you can't go all in in Bible study you can't be passionate if if one of them is lacking all of it is lacking see that you excel in this act of grace also see that you excel in giving to others and it's important verse eight he says I say this not as a command but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine your actions back up what you're saying. It shows that your love is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Jesus had all the riches you could imagine because he was in heaven with the Father. And he gave all that up to become Still staying fully divine, but become fully human to live a life on earth. So that by him becoming poor in that, we could become rich in eternity. We experienced God's gift, so we should give back. It's not a command, but it's a lifestyle. Our giving should match the rest of our spiritual growth. As we increase in knowledge, as we increase in our capacity to serve, as we increase in our capacity to teach and preach the gospel, our giving should increase as well. Our giving should follow along the lines with that. But here's something important that I want you to see. In Mark 12:41 through 44, as Jesus is, as, as we've looked at how it should be from your heart, Jesus is, is sitting down in the temple, and he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. And many people walked in, and they put in large sums. And then a poor widow comes in, and she puts in two small, small copper coins that make a penny. And Jesus says, I've got a teachable moment here. And so Jesus calls the disciples over to him, and he says to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put more, put in more than all those who were contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. She decided that she was going to live sacrificially. Those that had all the money in the world, they had more money than they knew what to do, and so they just gave it away there was a movie many years ago I think it came out even before I was born called Brewster's Millions and if you're, if you're older you know this movie where Brewster was given like 30 days to spend a million dollars but there were stipulations on how he could do it, he could not just give it away or he couldn't just go there was all these different stipulations that I don't know them all I just know the premise of the movie and that he had an extremely difficult time Because his heart had to switch and become in the right place. The widow here, her heart is in the right place. She's giving out of all she had, not just because she had an abundance, because she did not. Now, I think there's an important point that comes out of this, out of her heart here. Because if you look at the history of the church, we see this become an issue in many places. Do not give because it fits you or your lifestyle or just because the church is making you happy. Don't give because it fits your comfort zone. Give because God gave to you. Don't hold back because the way the church receives gifts has changed. One of the conversations that we've had a lot over the, the, the eight, nine months that I've been here is when is the offering plate coming back? Because that's when we'll give. I've heard that statement several times. And my response is, I can't answer that question. Because I don't know if the offering plate's ever gonna come back. And I struggled a little bit with that question and, and, and that answer that I gave. I don't know if it's ever gonna come back. But then I read this passage. And Jesus says, it says that Jesus is watching them put it into the offering box. They weren't passing a plate. They were going into the temple and putting in the offering box. We've got three offering boxes in this room. We have the ability for you to give online. You can set up recurring giving where it just comes out of your bank account. You can text to give. We've got all different ways to give. It's easier than ever to give to the church Yet people are like, I'm not going to give because the offering plate's not being passed. I understand that it is an act of worship to give. And many people come with money to give as part of their worship on a Sunday morning. But if you back up to last week, worship is a lifestyle. And so whether you give on Sunday morning at 11.15 in the morning or you give on Thursday night at 9.30 or Tuesday morning at 4 a.m. it's still an act of worship because if you give with your heart in the right spot you are giving the way Jesus wants to wants you to because it's about your heart we should give accordingly yet we should give sacrificially There's times that we can give more in our life, and there's times we can't. Verse 10 through 15 in chapter 8 talks about it says, In this matter I give my judgment. This benefits you who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have so if we move forward to verse 13 it says for I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened but that as a matter of fairness your abundance at the present time should supply their need so that when they have an abundance they may supply your need that it may be fairness as it is written whoever gathered much had nothing left over and whoever gathered little had no lack because it's there are times in all of our lives that we're in a good spot financially or a better spot than we normally are financially. We might have some money left over and we can give that money. And then there's times in our lives, no matter what we do for a living, that we're just straining to get to the next payday. And we don't know where our food's gonna come from or how we're gonna pay our our bills. And God is saying, Your abundance at the present time should supply their needs so that when they have an abundance, they should supply your need. That's what sacrificial giving is. When you have an abundance, before you go, I've got an abundance, I'm going to go buy this 95-inch TV and book this seven-week cruise around the world, you give to the church so that people's needs are met and ministry can be done. Because when you do that, as we move into chapter 9, we find that our giving will bring a blessing to others. We see that our giving will bring a blessing to others. Verse 1, now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. Verse 3, but I I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter so that you may be ready as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. What's happening here is Paul is talking about a blessing that the other churches are receiving because the Corinthians are so loyal in their giving. They are so steadfast in their giving. And they're so consistent with it that he has been able to boast to the other churches, to the other churches in Macedonia, about look at what the Corinthians are doing. Not because they were better than them, but to say, look, be encouraged. They're experiencing hard times in life, they've got times that they have no money, and they're still giving. Be encouraged by that. The blessing that they receive here is not a blessing of financial wealth. It's not a blessing of of stuff. It's a blessing of encouragement. You can do this too. I don't like going to things with other pastors because how many people did you have on Sunday? And how much money, what's your annual budget? And it becomes a contest it feels like but sometimes you hear stories of our budget was this and we we said we feel like God's calling us to do these things and so we're going to increase our budget 25% this year and there was we looked at it and they like there's no possible way it's going to happen and then they were able to increase their revenue by 30% above and beyond because God honored their obedience to what he was asking them to do. Well, that's an encouragement to me that when we face times like that, we can look and say, maybe we should be faithful here. Maybe God is calling us to do that. And we should be faithful. That's what Paul's saying. But Paul is then saying, make sure it's ready. Because if I show up and it's not ready, there's going to be an egg on our face. It's going to look bad. Make sure it's ready. In verse 5, he says, So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead of, to you and arrange it in advance so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. Not that we're pulling it back, we're forcing you to give it to us, but that you have it ready to give and that you give it freely. He's saying if we talk about this stuff as an encouragement to encourage them to be faithful in their giving and then we show up and it's not there, what does that tell us about our testimony in giving? So he's saying have it ready for us so that we can show them that you are generous and that they can be moved by that. So not only do do other people get blessings from our giving, but giving brings blessings to ourselves. And I want to be real careful here. I am not about to preach prosperity theology. I'm not about to say, if you give this much, you're going to get this. Because that's not biblical. And any church that teaches that is teaching false theology. But what this does say is, in verse 8, actually verse 7, each one must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion for god loves a cheerful giver and god is able to make all grace abound in you so that you that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work the blessing that we receive is that all of this all grace all sufficiency in all things at all times you may be abundantly overflowing in every good work God's not going to necessarily bless you with material things just because you give He's not going to necessarily say if you give me 100 dollars I'm going to give you 1000 back He's saying if you give with a cheerful heart with the right spirit I will make sure that you have a life of blessings. That it will overflow abundantly in you. But I think he means one of the things you're going to see is that your heart and your mind and your perspective is going to change because you're going to grow closer to me through this and those other things aren't going to matter as much. It says there that God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 9, he says, he is he was, has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Paul is quoting Psalm 112, 9 and Isaiah fifty five ten here. But when he says God loves a cheerful giver in verse 7, the Greek here translates, I love how it translates. The word cheerful translates in the Greek to hilarious giver. And I don't mean that we crack jokes about people's giving. I don't know how much people give and I don't desire to know how much people give. I don't look at that. That's not my place. When you translate the hilarious giver here, I think it's that people that give to their means and above and beyond their means, it's laughable because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to the common person. How can you just give that? How can you just give that? What is so great about that that you can give that? I don't understand it. It seems hilarious to me. But a cheerful giver understands that it gives blessings to others. It gives blessings to themselves. But most importantly, your giving will bring glory to God. Verse 12. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God. They will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. This brings glory to God when we give, and we give generously, and we give sacrificially. Why? Because the mission of the local church can be carried out, can be resourced, can be funded, can be expanded. There's lots of things that we would love to do here that right now we don't have the resources for. My challenge to you is to think about how you're giving. Are you giving with a cheerful heart? Are you giving because you feel like it's a command and it's out of responsibility? Are you giving because the IRS wants too much money at the end of the year? We have a laundry list of things that we would love to do. God commands us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptizing them and making disciples, teaching them. We have to resource those things to do that. A.W. Tozer says, As a base, a thing of money often is, yet it can be transmuted into everlasting treasure. Money can be converted into food for the hungry and clothing for the poor. It can keep a missionary actively winning lost men to the light of the gospel and thus transmute itself into heavenly values. Any temporal possession can be turned into everlasting wealth. Whatever is given to Christ is immediately touched with immortality. That dollar that you give to the church is going to go a whole lot further than that dollar that you add to seven dollars to get a cup of coffee when we give our possessions to god those are used for eternal purposes they're touched with immortality and there's other ways to give not just financially but we're going to look at those over the next few weeks about how we can use our time and our talents and and other things to to further the mission But in today's world especially, we've got to have the resources to be able to do that. We need cheerful givers who are willing to make sacrifices. I told you I don't like to go hang out with other pastors because your attendance and your budget comes up. Love this quote from Mike Stachira to close. The mark of a great church is not its seating capacity, but its sending capacity. And I'm not just talking about us sending missionaries overseas. I'm talking about taking each one of you in this room and sending you somewhere around to do ministry. The mark of a great church is not how many people are coming on Sunday. It's how many people are going out the rest of the week and doing ministry. And it starts with a cheerful heart and sacrificial giving. So I challenge you on that. I mentioned earlier we've got... um, Offering boxes, and I'm not begging for money today. I'm not. But I think you need to know how to give to our church if God has laid this on your heart. We've got offering boxes in the, at each exit in the back of the church. You can also go to our website to fbmason.org backslash give. And one of the cool things about going to our website and giving online is you can set up recurring giving, online giving. You can set it to come out of your bank account and never think about it because for some of us it's really hard when we look at that and we look at all the things that have to be paid for the month and then things we want to do it's easy to just not write that check to the church no one's ever going to know but when you set up recurring giving it comes out right off the bat and you don't, you don't have that temptation and while in a perfect world we would love to not have that mindset we don't live in a perfect world and so for some of us when, we've, when we're beginning our giving process the best thing to do is to set up a recurring giving now, Scripture says to give your first fruits, and the first fruits in, in, in Scripture is 10%, the first 10% of your, your wages. And I recognize for some of you, looking at your bank account going, I'm going to go to 10% is extremely difficult. Why don't you start as a cheerful giver with 2%? Or just designate an amount each month that you're going to give. And just start there and be consistent with it. And see if you start to see the blessings on your life that God says that he will bring. And then increase it. Increase it. Some of you have been faithful givers. You've given 10% for 40, 50 years. And maybe it's time for you to say, you know what? Maybe I should go above and beyond. Maybe I should increase my giving to 15% this year. Or to 20%. There's a guy named Letourneau, Letourneau University. He gave 90% and lived off a 10 and became a millionaire. Now, I'm not calling you to do that necessarily, but I'm asking that you get before God in your intimate prayer life that as an act of worship, the external act of worship, that you become a cheerful giver that gives because you see that we're going to give to the mission of the church. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. I know this is not a fun subject to talk about, Lord, but I know that you are faithful. And when we are faithful in our giving to you, Lord, that you will be faithful to us. You'll provide for us. And that you will bring us and have leadership that will help us use the gifts that we give wisely, Lord, that we will use them for ministry to reach more people for you, Lord. It's not about numbers, but it is about numbers because every number represents a soul. Every number represents someone who needs to hear about your goodness and your greatness and the grace that you give freely. And if we have to give up a little bit of our own money in order to reach more people to do that, Lord, I pray that you put that on our hearts to do that. Father, you gave us the ultimate sacrifice. And that gift should not go unwarranted. So I pray that you give us hearts that are cheerful yet sacrificial in our giving. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing a song with us, please?